Hello and welcome to this special bonus episode of The Dairy Edge. Chagas are running a weekly Let's Talk Dairy webinar series, which is also being made available as a podcast. On this week's webinar, Stuart Childs outlines a grazing plan for the spring of 2022. Everyone and welcome to this week's uh, Let's Talk Dairy. So um, today is an absolutely beautiful morning here in, in Fomoy. And it's uh, great to be talking about grazing, I suppose, in those kind of conditions or in these kind of conditions. And also, I suppose, given the weather that we've had in the last number of weeks, um, it's really, it's probably easy to talk about grazing for spring. Um, but that said, I suppose there's uh, there's still some rules apply, whether the weather is good or whether it's bad in relation to the spring grazing. So we're going to talk about um, what's the plan for spring grazing for 2022. Um, and while that doesn't really differ, I suppose, that much from any other year it's just to emphasize a few points in relation to what's important to watch out for and maybe some actions that people can be taking as we go along so just going to share a slide a couple of slides here again as as uh, as every other day um and we're hoping to bring you some live stuff from in the field in the next number of weeks if technology will work with us and we will try to get out and meet some farmers who are implementing what we're talking about here just to show how that's working for them okay so plan in 2022 spring grazing as i said it's not really that different so what's the objective of this first round of grazing so the important thing here i suppose in the context of high feed prices um, and silage obviously etc silage being expensive to replace uh getting grass into the diet is uh, no different to any other year going to be very important and the other key point to emphasize here is given the cost of concentrates um, and it, this is the same any year uh, the reality is you're not going to find a feed that's going to offer you the protein percentage and the energy value that you can get from introducing grass into the diet anywhere in the in the country basically and you'll all have seen that that in times past maybe if you've been inside for a spell uh, and you turn out cows to grass and they get a, a good run at it for a couple of days obviously the bull tank gets the benefit of it quite significantly and very quickly and that's driven by the energy content which is quite high in, in excess of nearly one ufl per kg and protein percentages even in the grass that's grown quite a long time obviously which is the grass you're grazing for that first rotation coming through from last year will average out at 20 percent approximately so you know the value uh, i've seen prices there lately of anywhere from 370 380 ton for 18 protein rations maybe even more so if you go to a 20% uh, content, obviously you're going to see a, an increase in the price as well, because to achieve that, there's more soya going in, soya is expensive, uh, and as a result, um, that drives up the price of your ration. So in order to get the protein and the energy that you would love to be buying in a, in a concentrate, you have most of you have plenty of that out around you in your fields, around your, your farms. So there's two elements to it, I suppose, in terms of how it drives that uh, extra €2.70 that we talk about per cow per day in the springtime. It's driven by that first point there in relation to the protein percentage and the energy value. And oh, actually, I have a feeling I might not be sharing there. Sorry. That's working better. So I've just been talking about these two points here. Uh, getting the grass into the diet is the important was one of the key aspects of that first round grazing and the second key point is maximizing the amount of time uh, for regrowth to occur so everybody the vast majority of people will be out um, probably in March at some stage depending on in forgiven most years um, but it's the time of the start of the second round is driven then by the start date because 
it's like a bit like a concertina. If we push it together, it's very compressed, and if we're, it's just not able to get to, to, to the situation of creating the note, I suppose. Um, whereas when we extend it out, we have the power to create the, the sound that we're looking to create in, in the context of the, the concertina. So by starting to graze on the 1st of February, for example, we'll say we have 28 days in February, 31 days in March, giving us uh, 29, 30, 59, 60 days to achieve um the grazing that we are the grass growth that we require to get us started for the second round and as a result of that uh maximizing that time it means that there's a greater chance that we'll have that cover of 11 or 1200 and a couple of paddocks that we require in order to start our second rotation the third point is tying in with that setting up this ward for the year ahead so uh, most of you will know that obviously there's a tipping point and it's referred to as magic day when our grass supply starts to exceed our demand and if we have a lot of grass on the farm when we hit that point the concept of grass growing grass kicks in and we get a big lift in grass uh, very quickly and that's kind of con the situation that you see in valley hayes which may not grow as well in the in the shoulders as such um, but then when growth does actually come, it really drives on and they actually peak higher than they would peak sometimes in the in the farm here in Moorpark. And but the key thing, I suppose, from all of this is, is like obviously we're getting the benefit of the early spring grazing of the two euro seventy from the, the getting cows out to grass, the reduced cost of not having them in the house, the replacement cost to concentrate that we have here, increasing the time for the regrowth. But the start of the second round with high quality grass then and that's coming back to that if there's a lot of grass on the farm when we hit magic day it is very hard to keep the quality of the grass right for second round and that actually has knock-on effects which we see through out into out into the summer in reality so the people that are doing this really well are tending to have very good mid-season milk protein vast majority of us on the ground are probably in a situation where we get a dip in milk protein during the month uh, maybe from june into july or may june july uh, depending on look at it there's a year effect on it always as well but generally when we look at cooperate uh, figures for the whole there are people there's a kind of a plateauing effect happens in mid-season that is down to grass quality so the quality of the grass that we're trying to graze at that point in time is less than ideal and that will be backed up by figures that we've seen coming from pasture base michael donovan would have shown them recently at the dairy conference that even people that are on pasture base and using that are grazing too high a pre-grazing cover on an ongoing basis so Trying to, uh, but the, the, again, I suppose when Michael broke it up and Michal O'Leary that would have done the figures in it, um, when that was broken up into the different quartiles, people that were doing a really good job in the springtime were tending to have that management ability right through the season and are, as a result, getting higher value um, for their milk that they're selling. So it's important in terms of starting up the second round as well. So how do we go about doing this? There's two ways, um, and there's a combination of both ways, I suppose, is probably your ideal scenario. So the simple plan is something that we had, we've been talking about for many years now, which is the spring rotation plan. And I've just shortened it to SRP here, just for to not to be taken up too much of the screen. And that uh, basically refers to that we set out our objective to graze 30% by the 1st of March. And I'll just highlight down below here that on the heavier farms, we do adjust those dates to allow for later turnout, et cetera. 
But in general, we're talking about first March for the moderately good conditions that we would expect on the farms that we're talking about. So graze 30% by the in or around the first of March. You're grazing a further 30% to bring you to 60% of your farm area grazed by St. Patrick's Day. And then the remaining 40% that you've left, you're going to graze that to the start of your second rotation or start of your second rotation or the end of your first rotation, obviously. When is that going to be? Uh, all dates used to be April 10th, I suppose. We're probably seeing that going back to these people that are doing a really, really good job in terms of grass management, that they are probably starting their second round earlier, uh, anywhere between the 1st and the 4th of, of April. However, they're doing that with information, armed with information. So they're making that decision on the basis of knowledge that they have from regular walks and also the second point here, which is the spring budget. And as I said, the simple plan, you have to adjust it for the heavier farms. So this is a simple plan, uh, but it is a plan. So <clears throat> it's a good starting point for people. <clears throat> and I suppose in reality, while we would like to see people, more people doing spring budgets, um, if we got people, if people start to, if have never had a kind of a plan in relation to their spring grazing, if you went along with this and maybe consult with your own advisor then, uh, especially around Patrick's day time, to see what's the situation with the balance of the of the grazing ground that's available to you, then you would be going on a fairly good way, journey towards uh, improving your grass quality for your second rotation. However, as I said, it is a simple plan and it has its flaws, right? So the best way to do this is really to combine that spring rotation plan with a spring budget. So you still have the similar targets in terms of your 30% and 60% by St. Patrick's Day. Sometimes there can be an adjustment allowed on the 30% here, possibly, uh, depending on the stocking rate, depending on the amount of grass that's on the farm. And there are on a lot of farms or on many farms, there is quite a high opening cover this year because we've had fantastic uh, winter growth. Um, five, six, seven kilos has been talked about in a number of places which would be well up on the kind of three to four that we would probably see on commercial farms, generally speaking. So the spring rotation plan, uh, the, the problem with that is that it doesn't take account the cover on the farm at the start, so whether it's high or low. So maybe we need to get through more of that ground. Maybe we need to slow down a little bit even potentially, but 30% is probably still a good guide. But it does, what the spring rotation plan doesn't allow for is a fluctuation in growth rates that can occur. So we have quite good growth rate, I suppose, for the time here at the moment. LED is predicting 10 to 12 kgs for the coming week. Um, so that's putting us in quite a strong position that there's going to be a, a grass maintained on the farms because in a lot of cases, we don't have a huge demand at the moment. Now, I have come across some farms where there is a significant ramp up in demand in a very short space of time. And as we get better and better at uh, calving more cows in shorter spaces of time, that uh, demand can increase quite dramatically. So that's why the budget is useful in that sense as well, in that it can allow for that jump in, in numbers. The budget will allow you to make the best use of the spring rotation plan from the point of view that if we follow it to the letter of the law up to St. Patrick's Day, this 40% here um, using the budget to tell us what kind of grass content we have on the farm or what amount we have on the farm. Should we be aiming for the 10th of April? Should we be aiming for the 1st of April? Should we actually be pushing it to the 15th of April, depending if you get a really harsh cold March, very poor levels of growth or whatever, then you need to stretch that second or that balancing 40%. And as I said, the people that are doing a really good job on this are adjusting that start date of the second rotation on the basis of the knowledge that they've garnered from walking their farms, seeing what their average farm cover is, 
either pulling it back, as I said, maybe where there's good grass supply coming at them or pushing it out even potentially if the grass is slow to come and they're keeping grass in the diet all the time. Now, that does mean supplementation, obviously, in order to keep um, the cows well fed, which is still a, a key objective, or, or which, which is one of the major key objectives of all people doing this. Um, but it's just making sure that the, there's no kind of major shocks to the system. So the budget allows us to, to plan, like, and I suppose the key thing to make point to make here is that a budget is a budget. And it's done in many cases around the end of January, early February, with people knowing what their opening farm cover is. And if people don't go back to that budget as the as the spring progresses, then it's useless, really. Um, so there is a need to kind of keep it up to date. So doing your walk will automatically tie in with your budget, but you need to check in then with the budget to see where is what your farm cover is on a given day relative to what you had planned in the, in the budget. So just moving on to this to the spring rotation plan here. This is just an example of it, and it's breaking it down as to how you should graze the farm. So it's rationing out the areas that you're going to give on uh, any given day from one week to the next. And as you can see here, as we move along, obviously our area is increasing from an acre per day here in this scenario up to two acres by the 15th of March for this, the example that we've used here. And you can see that we're moving into the 100% graze by end of March, 4th of April on this one. Um, but as I said, this is this is very rigid. So if we stick to this, there is a possibility that we will either be behind and we have too much grass going into the start of the second round or that we could actually be too far ahead and we won't have enough grass coming into the start of the second round. Problem with that is obviously if we follow this and don't keep an eye on what is happening in terms of recovery of grass that's been grazed earlier in the season is that we end up uh, maybe fill, filling the gap to a certain extent or maybe even having to go full-time on silage and concentrate at the start of April, which means we're now beginning to hit energy levels as we're approaching peak milk and also as we advance towards the start of the breeding season. And we don't want to do that from the point of view of follicular development and getting uh, optimum energy in the cow for breeding. So in terms of using this, it's important that we allocate the recommended area. And I'll talk about this now for, further in a minute. You have to fill the gap with silage and concentrate or concentrate alone, maybe depending on grass availability. So there's obviously a tipping point, I think uh, four to five kilos of concentrate fed twice um, in two splits over the course of a day can potentially be or will is is OK. So people can push it to that extent. Um, I suppose if we start to go beyond the five to six kgs, if that's what's required, um, we need to be careful that we don't have too low a level of cover here, which won't give us enough fiber and silage may be needed in that situation in order to uh, allow for fiber. And I suppose in reality, you're probably, if you're at that kind of level, you're looking at grazing maybe by day and silage um, by night in, in that situation to maximize uh, areas being grazed without going too far and also making sure that the cow is well fed. There's a fine line, I suppose, not, not alone with the spring rotation plan, but just in general in terms of getting good graze out. So we want to get that good graze out to set up the farm well. Uh, we want the cow to have an appetite when they go out because we don't want them mooching around basically and walking grass into the ground. Not as major an issue, obviously, in current conditions if they do walk around a bit because they're not grazing with their five mouths, as they say, when um, when grazing in wet weather. Um, so there is still grass available that they might pick up at a later date or whatever without having mashed it into the ground. But you don't want you you don't want cows out going out full of silage and just basically going out for it to lie down on the on a nice uh, comfortable sward of grass, basically. So you want them to have that appetite. 
and that can be very do, done very simply. Um, most people will have some yard that they can turn cows to. Just let them standing on the yard for an hour or two. Uh, an hour probably should be even sufficient as long as you haven't loads and loads of silage in front of them, left in front of them from overnight. And that will give them a bit of an edge, I suppose, but that when they do go out, they put their heads down and they start to graze. As I said, you could argue that that's not as important currently because of the dry conditions. In terms of intakes, it's still going to hamper the intake. But when it comes to uh, wet weather, we do need cows to want to graze as soon as they hit the pasture. So as soon as they walk in the gap, you want them to put the head down. You don't want them to start going to the four corners to see what's going on around the field. Um, so you just want them to have that little bit of an edge. And by holding them in the yard for an hour, an hour and a half, maybe while they're just washing up or whatever after milking in the morning or maybe seeing to calves, uh, is a, is going to put a bit of an edge on them, that, and but you don't want the cows hungry either. Obviously, so it's getting that it's a fine line. So carrying on from that, if the clean out is excessive, so the objective is to try to graze down to three and a half to four centimeters. I suppose ideally three and a half centimeters to cause for allow for tillering, increase that density of the sward as well going into the summer. Then, because when we let the light down into the base, where we we'll get increased tillering. But if we if we're going if we're doing too good a job, if it's shaved like uh, a tile floor almost, clean out is probably a little bit excessive, so we need to actually increase the feed allowance. That can come in two ways. Now, while well, I said to stick to the area here, Donald Patton often talks about increasing the area that you give to the cows maybe once or twice a week. So increase, if you're giving 0.4 of a hectare, we'll say, give 0.44 of a hectare, so a 10% increase, and see if they, how they get on with that and the next grazing. And if they eat it all, Donald's opinion is that you should continue to give them that. That's not going to come to a huge amount. It's only going to be a couple of percent. So instead of maybe hitting 30% for the 1st of March, you might have 30, 35%. And that's no bad thing either necessarily, but you're increasing the allowance available to them. If you don't have that grass, I suppose, available on the farm to allow them extra, then it, you're, but you still have adequate grass, you're talking about increasing the concentrate a small bit. Or if your clean out is excessive and you don't have a lot of grass on the farm, then you're going to have to introduce silage. And as I said, that might be just simpler to in by night and out by day or whatever. If the clean out is poor, then that means the cows are too full, basically going out or you're over allocating potentially. Um, but more than likely it's too full because you're not giving big areas of ground here. Okay, intakes are slower to start, but they do move up quite quickly. And again, uh, while cow intake is increasing week by week, we have a lot of cows calving in, in any given week at the start of the calving season. So it means that you have a, quite a significant demand, maybe or an increasing demand very quickly in the space of a couple of weeks. If the clean out is poor, consider pulling back on the silage, I suppose, or maybe if you're feeding a lot of meal, you could drop a kilo there just to and just tease it along, I suppose, to try to get the balance right. I suppose don't do anything drastic in terms of how you react to these things. Um, <clears throat> but you don't want to graze too hard but you don't want to graze badly either. Now, look, again, coming back to poor weather conditions, if you if the graze out isn't ideal in poor weather conditions, I think you take that beating and walk away, try to tidy it up the next time you come around. And probably the key objective in that scenario is that you're going to the right paddock in the, in the wetter weather, so the lower cover that they're going to have the greater capacity to graze out. This is just an example of a spring budget that's been done by one of the clients lately. And you can see that the plan here is to carry out as far as the 5th of April at the moment, there'll be 100 cows on this farm. And the objective here, because the stocking rate is going to be close to three, 
uh, or thereabouts is that we will carry 500, 550 to 600 kgs on the farm uh, of a farm cover at the start of the second round. And it's important here that we spoke about it before Christmas, I suppose, or well before Christmas, sorry, in relation to the autumn budget, that we don't want to drop the farm cover at any stage below 500 really because it hampers growth on the farm. So as we come into the early start of the second of yeah, start of the second rotation, we want the farm primed to take off as soon as we get to that point where magic day occurs. If we go down too low in terms of farm cover, it takes it, we go into what I, I always call a tailspin. So we're now trying to graze grass or we want to graze grass, but we're don't we're just not getting the growth. It's like it's like having the, the a car sputtering along because you know it's low on the on fuel, but it's so low on fuel it just can't really get keep going or get going if you know until it gets the fuel put into it. So that, that's the situation with the, the budget as well. So the idea here is that okay, we know we can see here that this farm has over a thousand of a cover starting out. And this is the growth rate that's predicted uh, to occur on the farm. And this farm would have a lot of growth data from its own uh, figures as well. So this will be fairly reflective of what's expected on the farm. But if the conditions, as, and as I said, LED is predicting maybe 10 to 12 kgs of growth for this area the coming year, the coming week, uh, that's going to mean that there's actually going to be an increase in the grass availability on the farm. So the decisions can be made to maybe graze a little bit more maybe drop the supplement. You can see that the supplement is moving from two kgs plus three kgs of silage to just grass and, and meal. Um, and maybe this could potentially drop a little bit. We're not talking about huge numbers here in terms of the uh, excess overgrowth here, but just it's, it's going to be allowing for that flexibility or that adjustment to the budget. And you can see as we go on here that there is a little bit of silage coming back in here in order to kind of keep this figure right. And it's all about trying to drive that average farm cover. If we don't come in here with the silage for that period there, it's not a huge amount of silage. It means that we run down the farm cover. And as I said, our 600 won't be uh, where it is at the 600. It's going to be sub 500. And that puts this farm in a difficult position then as we approach the start of the second round. So that's a, an example of it. I suppose the best way to work one of these is to sit down with somebody who can show you. So one of the advisors or your own advisor will be able to walk, work through this with you. Um, and then look, the responsibilities then on you, I suppose, to make sure that you continue to walk the farm. I suppose people will all, always say that they're very busy and that you have to accept that, that there are a lot of cows calving uh, on farms now, especially in the early first two, three weeks of, of the calving season in particular. So it's not, a, I suppose it's not critical that you walk every week here, but it would be important that you probably walk twice in the month of February and definitely have to walk then around Patrick's Day to make an assessment of where you're at. Uh, and you also need to look back, I suppose, in terms of what cover is coming onto you. So that's the difference between this and the spring spring budget is the spring budget, or sorry, spring rotation. Spring rotation plan doesn't look back. It just keeps going bald headed for your set date of getting the farm grazed by 7th or the 10th of April. And if we don't look back and we get to the 10th of April uh, and we don't have grass on the farm or we have too much grass on the farm, we've defeated the purpose of what we were trying to do. So just to summarize, I suppose, like anything, to quote the famous saying, uh, fail to plan, uh, yeah, fail to prepare, prepare to fail. So have a plan for spring grazing. I think it mightn't be any bad idea. I think we showed you an example of the autumn plan there for a farm a couple of months ago as well. So just to highlight the areas, walk the farm, highlight the areas that you're planning to graze on the for the 30% because 
with the best will in the world, not every farm is the more parked land. We often get told that when we're out on the ground talking to farmers, and we fully accept that. So there's portions of the farm that are going to be grazable. There are portions of the farm that might still not be grazable in spite of the good weather that we've had. And what we need to do that to, is give that time. So day length, uh, increasing temperatures will all help that to dry out and to become more feasible for grazing. So that might not be suitable to graze in February, but identify 30% that you are going to try to graze in February. Um, or as I said, even on the heavier land, that that time frame is, is pushed back a little bit, but you still want to graze 30%. So identify that. The other thing then that you need is have a, a plan for wet weather. There's a couple of paddocks on every farm that have good access um, because the roadways the way they wrap around them or whatever. So it's important to, to make use of them uh, and to hold them within reason, I suppose, for, for the day that you have wetter weather. Wetter weather also requires you to go into a slightly lower cover uh, because, as I said, they'll trample uh, higher covers in poor weather. On-off grazing is probably something that people don't use enough of. Um, the, I think the key thing is probably that they come off. Um, we're good to get cows out in, in a lot of cases, but sometimes we get caught up inside in the yard um, and then we don't get out in time. And by the time we do go out, there can be significant damage done if they're out in poor conditions. But as I said, given what we've had, we've had a super January, uh, the actual soil moisture deficits aren't too bad. So even if we do get rain in the next while, ground conditions should still be okay. And on-off will work really well in that situation. So we have good ground conditions. All we're trying to do is get them out, get the grass into them, and get them back off of it again. And you'll see plans uh, there. John Maher has a plan in relation to the milking times and how to maximize grass in. And that's probably something that people need to look at this, this year in particular because there's a high level of grass on farm. Um, so on-off works really, really well in poor weather and will allow you to get grazing done even on heavier soil. Um, Again, the infrastructure needs to be right for it, I suppose, our plan to how you're going to do that grazing. So just ha have a think about it. I suppose the other thing is important is if the weather is bad, and inevitably, I think we have to acknowledge that there is nearly always a week, whether it's February or March, that comes, that the farms that are on moderately drained soils will get caught, that the weather can be very, very wet overhead. Um, again, it's going to be maybe slightly different this year because we're starting from a very good base in terms of the soil moisture deficits and farm, so there might be some capacity for soakage to occur. But if you do get a really, really bad spell of weather, then it is possible that you're going to have to house. You may have to house, and so be it. But when the weather improves, we need to get out as quickly as possible again. And John, again, referring to John Maher, he always says you can't make decisions standing on the concrete of the yard. And it's very true. The number of farmers that will tell you that when they go out, the weather's improved, they get the jobs done, they maybe push on out and have a look around. They, they know the fields to go to maybe in the first place that are the most likely to give them the opportunity. They go to those and they actually find that there is a spot that they can get the cows out. And again, we start with our couple of hours. We're not going to lock them out for the day and expect them to be content. We're getting our grass in, back into the shed uh, and so on, so on, so forth, and we're making progress and we're getting that high quality feed into the cows um, at, at all stages. Um, <clears throat> if the budget, I suppose, kept up to date by regular farm walks, a touchdown will help you to make the best decisions in relation to grass supply on your farm. So I suppose, again, acknowledging that people are saying that they're busy, which uh, we're not knocking that, try to walk, walk the farm at least twice in the month of February. And then in, in particular, I suppose, the key time to do a walk in March, which 
I would say myself is probably one of the busiest months in on dairy farms. Actually, a lot of cows calved, lots of cows left or cows left to calve, and lots of calves on the ground to be handled and dealt with as well. And then we have obviously that getting out to grass, etc., involved in it as well. So we are busy, but target to walk to around Patrick's Day to make an assessment of what are we looking like in terms of where we're headed for the start of the second rotation. And if we need to make an adjustment there, that's the time to make it. So are we stretching? Are we compressing? Like the concertina, in order to, to try to get the ground graze before the start of the second round and, and get into the second round grazing at the right level, or to stretch it out to give it a chance to come to the right level for us. And I suppose the important thing to em- emphasize here, and as I said at the very outset, it's a great spring this year to start uh, embracing spring grazing if you haven't embraced it before. It's a, a great opportunity for a lot of people if you haven't really taken into it. Good spring grazing underpins excellent cow performance both in early lactation and mid-season. So as I said, we see that there's a carryover effect of the people that are managing their spring grass well. They're obviously good at grass. Their mid-season grass is managed well. And instead of getting a rise in protein from kind of March onwards. So we get a, a dip um, as we come out of kind of uh, colostrum milk is probably the wrong term to use, but into the month of March, then we start to rise. And again, that's actually an important point as well, that that dip in March won't be as severe where we get grass in uh, into the diet as well, uh, as long as we provide adequate energy, which is important in relation to not trying to get ex- or not going excessive in the clean out. Protein starts to rise in from March onwards up into April, up into May, generally speaking. May into June, can in the harsher, colder springs that we've had, we've actually seen that that continues to rise because we've cleaned out the farm because good dry conditions, cows have utilized every blade basically that's available and the quality of the grass continues to rise. And we're able to uh, make, make use of that then in terms of converting that into good quality milk protein. But if we don't take advantage of that, we get a dip, then a plateauing or a dip potentially in the main season. So uh, May, June, June, July, that kind of window. And then from there on, then naturally we get a, 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 an improvement because we're moving into the, the grass is beginning to change its state. Again, it's not uh, trying to reproduce it like it would in terms of creating seed head, which provides a challenge in terms of quality of protein that we're offering. So as a result, um, we start to creep up again in protein percentage. But if we can manage that, get the grass grazed out well, and then manage subsequently through the second rotation, we should be able to keep going on an upward trajectory in terms of milk protein. And that's going to be worth an awful lot of money to people this year. Um, It's worth money to people every year, but uh, given where milk prices are, it's going to be worth even more this year. So it could be for every 0.1 of a percent of an increase, you're looking at somewhere in the region of maybe 0.7 to 0.8 of a cent increase. Um, so that's well worth chasing, I suppose. And that spring grazing is probably the starting point for it. Okay. So there's just a question in there. So would I advise turning out by night? The only way to answer that is to make sure that you've had done a walk and um, seen what level of grass is available to you. If you have adequate grass on the farm and in order to achieve the target of the 30% grazed, you may have to turn out by night. And I know that on the farm here in Moor Park, Last week, the cows did go out by night. Um, I suppose the one thing I would warn people there is not to um, turn out cows too soon. So give cows a chance to settle down. So that transition mob that we've talked about in the past. Um, so keep them inside for a couple of days until they're eligible for the bull tank situation. 
and then they can go with the main herd and uh, they'll have plenty of silage consumed at that stage. They'll be settled back into a routine maybe and that should avoid any problems because we don't want cows being turned out too fresh, maybe not eating a lot. And what they do eat then in the form of grass is obviously lighter relative to silage so that can cause problems with stomachs, etc. So keep the cows inside for a couple of days and then let them off. But yes, by all means, if there's adequate grass on the farm, there's no reason not to go full-time uh, day and night in order to start getting through the ground and again just watch like it's it's probably the ideal scenario in that case would be that you do your budget obviously see what is on the farm if going full-time is going to hamper your, your overall budget then maybe it's not advisable but i would think that given the level of cover that's on a lot of farms this year there is potentially is scope to go day and night earlier than many would so that's it for today. Um, best of luck with the spring grazing. Best of luck with calving, obviously. Hopefully you're all staying safe and well. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. And as I said, in the next number of weeks, we'll try to bring some farmers to talk to ye about their experiences of implementing what I'm talking about there today. Thanks for tuning in and talk to you next week. Thank you. That's all for this week's Let's Talk Dairy webinar series. And don't forget to look out for more bonus episodes each week. I'll be back with our usual Dairy Edge interview on Monday, so do listen in then. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey, and thanks for listening.